All right, well, if you would uh, take your Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 4 and join me in standing for the reading of God's Word, we're going to read uh, verses 7 through 9. As we continue our way through the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Colossians 4, 7 says this, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. And let's pray together one more time. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for allowing us to gather together as a church family tonight. And uh, Lord, now bless the, the time in your word. And I pray, Lord, you'd encourage our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, the title of the message tonight is Paul's Partners, Part 1. Uh, most of us have watched sports interviews after the game when the winning quarterback is asked about his performance. And the good quarterbacks, the good ones, they take time to thank their teammates for their effort. They give credit to whom credit is due. Typically, they will mention the offensive line, which protected them. They will perhaps bring up the running back or the receivers who made great catches during the game. See, the good ones, the good quarterbacks, acknowledge that they didn't do it alone, that there was no way they could have, that they needed help along the way. They know that football is a team sport and that everyone played their, that everyone played their part to bring about the win. Now, there's no question uh, tonight that the Apostle Paul accomplished a remarkable amount of work during his ministry. Over the course of 13 years, catch this, he embarked on three missionary journeys. He traveled more than 7,000 miles, and during that time, he started at least 14 different churches. I was reading as I was preparing this that it could have been up to 20 different churches that the Apostle Paul had a part in starting. Pretty amazing. But Paul recognized um, that he did not do all of that work alone. Of course, he needed the Lord's help, no doubt, um, and he would absolutely admit that. But he also recognized that he had a lot of human helpers along the way. He had a supporting cast that was instrumental in him doing all that he did. He knew there was a host of people who simply played their part most of them with names that were only mentioned once or twice in the Word of God, but still played an essential role in advancing the gospel and serving the Lord in the first century. And at the end of a lot of his epistles, he took the time to mention several of these partners that were critical to the work of God. Now, tonight you may think, oh, I'm not that important in the work of God here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. I mean, hey, I just joined the church a few weeks ago, or I've been here for a while, but uh, I've been kind of getting up there in years, and I just don't know that there's really much I can do, and I don't know that I'm that essential here. Can I just tell you, uh, I beg to differ. <laughs> um, each of us has an important role in the ministry. We, we must all do our part. And tonight we're going to uh, look here at two men who did their part in the work of God. Now here in the book of Colossians, Paul changes course in this letter as he goes from doctrinal truth in chapters 1 and 2 
to practical application in chapter 3, all the way up until chapter 4 and verse number 6. It's all practical application. And then now he changes course in verse number 7 as he begins to list several partners that were mission critical, people that were crucial to the ministry um, and helpful to Paul personally. And tonight again, we're going to look at two of Paul's partners that he mentioned as he ends this letter and learn hopefully some valuable lessons from these two men. So let's look at them uh, tonight very briefly. First of all, we're going to look at Tychicus, uh, the faithful man. Um, and I know I, I would rather it say Tychius. Um, I, I don't know if that's really the way you say it, but I think I've heard it said Tychicus. So I'm going to try to say that tonight. Now, Tychicus was one of Paul's most trusted partners in ministry. And he's mentioned here in uh, chapter 4, verse number 7. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Now, most of us are familiar with Paul's other partners in the ministry. Uh, we think of Paul and uh, Barnabas there in the beginning as they were sent out of the church at uh, Jerusalem and, and the church had prayed and fasted and sent them out as the first missionaries to go and uh, that was pretty special. And so Paul and Barnabas uh, accomplished much together until uh, John Mark came in and wanted to come back and join the missionary team. And then Barnabas and Paul had a uh, sharp contention between them which caused them to split uh, part ways. Uh, but we're, we're familiar with Paul and Barnabas. We're familiar with Paul and Silas. Remember there in Philippi as, he was, as they were placed in prison for preaching the truth. And at midnight, they sang praises to God. At midnight, if I were in prison, I don't know that I would be singing praises to God. At least that probably wouldn't be my first natural reaction. My, my first reaction would be to be complaining to the Lord <laughs> instead of uh, praising the Lord. Well, uh, Paul and Silas, we're familiar with them. And we're also familiar with Paul and the relationship he had with Timothy and how Timothy was a man who was like-minded with Paul. Uh, but do we really know much about this man named Tychicus? Um, who was he? Well, here's a quick few facts about this man that we know from the New Testament. First, we are introduced first to this man in Acts chapter 20 as he joined the Apostle Paul during the one leg of Paul's third missionary journey. So Paul goes on his third missionary journey, and, and uh, this man, uh, Tychicus, joins several others as they go on this uh, missionary journey. We, we know that he ministered to the Apostle Paul during his very first imprisonment, which is where we find him tonight in Colossians chapter 4. As uh, Paul is writing the book of Colossians, he's in his first imprisonment, and there Tychicus was there ministering to the Apostle Paul. And uh, we, we also know that he was there not only because of the record in Colossians, but also in Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Paul mentions uh, Tychicus as well. And uh, Tychicus was one of, the, one of the great ministers to the Apostle Paul while he was there during his first imprisonment. He is then the one who hand-delivers the letters from Paul to the church at Ephesus and this book of Colossians. If you look at the, uh, the very end of your chapter number 4, if your Bible is there, there should be a little inscription there. Mine does. It says, written from Rome to the Colossians by Tychicus and Onesimus. 
And then if you go to the end of uh, Ephesians, it's the same thing written from Rome unto the Ephesians by Tychicus. So Tychicus was the human uh, instrument. He was the, uh, he was the human post office that delivered uh, the letters of Ephesians and Colossians to those church families. And so he was instrumental in the work of God there. We have tonight the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians because Tychicus uh, did his duty. In these two verses um, that we have before us tonight in Colossians 4, um, verse 7 and 8, that detail uh, Tychicus, Paul highlights a couple important aspects of him. First, he highlights his character. And uh, he says in verse number 7, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is. And then he goes on and lists uh, three uh, characteristics of Tychicus that that Paul was extremely thankful for. And ones that uh, we can learn from and and should have in our own lives characteristics as we serve the Lord. Okay, what was Paul thankful for about Tychicus? Well, he was thankful, number one, for his friendship. Friendship In verse number 7, he says this about Tychicus, who is a beloved brother. Okay, now, this, of course, refers to the bond that these two men had in Christ. We don't know exactly where and how Tychicus got saved, uh, but we do know that he did and that he was a brother in Christ to the Apostle Paul and probably got saved in Ephesus. But... Wherever and however that story goes, um, he was a brother in Christ to the Apostle Paul, and, and he counted him as such. But he wasn't just a brother. The Bible says here he was a beloved brother. There was a strong bond between these two men, the Apostle Paul and Tychicus. And, and, and I know they served the Lord together, and, and what I believe is the battle of the ministry had forged this close relationship that they had. And I've never, I've never, uh, I got close to joining the, uh, the Marine Reserves uh, back when I was 18 or so. Um, but the Lord closed that door and directed me elsewhere. Um, so I've never experienced wartime. I've never been in real physical uh, military battle. But I've heard that those who've gone through those times, they're there's a closeness with their brothers in arms that they uh, served with and that they went to battle with. And, and th- there's just this closeness. And, and, and while I've never experienced battle time physically like that, I, I've been in the ministry for many years. And I have experienced some difficult times and some battles in the ministry. And those that went through those times with me are close to me. And uh, there's, there, there's a bond that gets formed there, and, and no doubt that's what Paul was thinking about when he said, he's my beloved brother. Tychicus was one who, he and the Apostle Paul went through difficult times together, but they made it through, and there was a, a bond, strong bond that was formed there. He also visited Paul in prison, and, and that's where he was when Paul wrote this book. He Tychicus was there visiting the Apostle Paul while he was under that house arrest, and he was in bonds. And, and that, that meant so much uh, to the Apostle Paul. And it wasn't a small detail. It really was a big deal that he would put uh, him, him being there and visiting him uh, showed that he was even putting his own life in danger as he made it clear 
he was not afraid to be associated with the Apostle Paul. And we know that this act doesn't just mean, mean a lot to the Apostle Paul. It also meant a lot to the Lord Jesus Christ as well. In Matthew chapter number 25, I'm going to read just a few verses here. Uh, verse number uh, 34, it says this, Then the king shall say to them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw thee, we a stranger, took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? When saw thee, we sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the kings shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So as, the, as this man, uh, Tychicus, visited the apostle Paul in prison and ministered to him, it, it was as if he was doing it to the Lord himself. That's how, the, that's how Christ sees it. And so uh, this, he, he was so thankful for his friendship and, and, and the fact that he was his beloved brother, but he was also thankful for his faithfulness. Going back here to Colossians 4 and verse number 7, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister. He was thankful that uh, Tychicus was there and he could be counted upon. He was faithful, a faithful minister. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2, Paul says this, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found successful and talented. No, hopefully you know your Bible well enough to know that that's not accurate. Here's what it says, It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. See, God doesn't necessarily require talent or success or charisma or good looks. Otherwise, I'd be in a world of hurt because I have none of those. <laughs> um, and you don't have to say amen there, okay? Thank you for not saying amen. I appreciate that. But look, we're called to be faithful. We're called to stay at it. And Tychicus was one who did. The Bible says, Proverbs 25 and verse number 19, Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. And this story is for the kids tonight. You all can listen to it. But, and I've shared it before, but you see these two front teeth here, kids? They're not real. They're fake. Want to know why? Because when I was a kid, I was really good on skateboards. So good that I didn't really ride them like you're supposed to. I rode a, I, I had it, I, I had it down here and I was on one knee and I used my other leg to kind of paddle myself along. That's how I rode skateboards. Well, I had a little wagon. Uh, we, my brother and I had a little wagon, and I tied the, the, the wagon to the back truck of my skateboard, and I had this little rope, and it was, I don't know, this about this long, and I would just go around our little street as fast as I could, and boy, I got pedaling really quick one day. The problem was there was these uh, mailboxes on the side of the sidewalk. Not like mailboxes here. Here they're made like houses. Okay? <laughs> made out of brick and all that. I mean, you could, you could almost live in one of these uh, mailboxes here in Oklahoma. But uh, in, in Lancaster, they were just a metal pole with the, um, 
with the mailbox on top. Well, I'm going along really fast and I'm trying to go super fast around this block and I got a little too close to the mailboxes. And I passed the mailbox, the rope passed the mailbox, but the wagon did not pass the mailbox. The wagon got stopped by the pull of that mailbox. And so the wagon stopped, the rope stopped, the skateboard stopped, but Eric did not stop. <laughs> I kept going and I was so close to the ground that the first thing to hit the ground was my two front teeth. So this one snapped pretty good and totally snapped apart. This one, just a little sliver of it um, broke off. I immediately started crying. I immediately thought I was going to die. Like this is what death feels like. <laughs> I was panicking, there was blood, and I ran to my house and I, and, and I ran to my bathroom and I turn on the light and I, and, I, and I see the mirror and I look in my mouth and it's all bloody and I just, I'm going to die! I really thought that. And that whole scenario cost me so much pain and it cost me so much money too because I ended up trying to get some crowns to cover that up and then one day after I was married I was yawning one morning and my, log, my jaw got locked and I was like uh oh <laughs> and I closed my mouth well it came closed really fast and my back tooth hit the our bottom tooth hit the back of my front tooth that was in a crown and it ended up snapping the whole tooth at the gum line. So for the rest of that day, for several days, I looked like a hockey player. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> so, and so then I had to go get an implant. So this is an implant. This is a fake tooth. And it costs a lot of money and it took a lot of time. And for those who have implants, you know what I'm talking about on that. Okay, so Proverbs, what, what Solomon is saying here in Proverbs 25, 19, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. It's horrible. You don't want to put your confidence in an unfaithful man. It, it just, you're, you're not going to do it. Now, now, Tychicus here, he was a man that Paul counted as faithful. Now listen to this, so much so that he trusted him to carry these letters, the letter of Ephesians and the letter of Colossians that would ultimately become the eternal word of God. That's a big deal. He wouldn't have just trusted just anybody to do that particular job. I mean, he was holding the scriptures and he had to go deliver them from Rome to Colossae and to Ephesus. And in case you're wondering, he got the job done <laughs> because we have the books right in front of us. He did it. Why? Because he was faithful. He was a faithful minister. A young preacher once approached Dr. F.B. Meyer and asked how he could one day become as influential and well-known as uh, the great Dr. F.B. Meyer. Well, Dr. Meyer responded this, don't waste your time waiting and longing for large opportunities which may never come. But instead, faithfully handle the little things that are always claiming your attention. Let's be faithful in that which is least. Because if you can't be faithful in that which is least, you're never going to be faithful in that which is much. 
So whatever God has given you a responsibility to do here at church, at home, at work, whatever your responsibilities are, be faithful in those things. And then God will bless you with more if that's, his, if that's what He wants. Uh, Tychicus was later sent by Paul to Crete to help Titus in between the first and second imprisonment of Paul, and he went and did that. Then Tychicus ministered to the Apostle Paul during his second and final imprisonment right before Paul's life was martyred because he's mentioned at the end of 2 Timothy, and that's where Tychicus was. He was ministering to the great Apostle Paul, and he was faithful, and there through thick and thin. For ten years, Tychicus labored with the Apostle Paul and stayed in the battle. He was a good soldier of Jesus Christ who endured the hardness of the ministry. I guess my question for all of us tonight is, will you also be faithful? Hebrews 10.23 tells us to let us hold, the, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Paul said in Acts 20, verse 24, None of these things move me. I'm never going to quit. I'm going to stay faithful. And Paul stayed faithful. Tychicus stayed faithful. And I hope that you and I will as well. So Paul was thankful for his friendship. Paul was thankful for Tychicus's faithfulness. But he was also thankful for, number three, his fellowship. Verse number seven again, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Tychicus was a fellow slave that was sold out to the same master as the Apostle Paul was. And they got to serve together, and they enjoyed that time. And Paul, you didn't really necessarily want to send him because I'm sure he wanted him to stay and hang out with him, but uh, he knew that it was necessary for the work to go. So he was thankful for his fellowship. And I'm thankful for the fellowship of those in this room and uh, that we serve the same Lord and that we can walk together because we are agreed. Fellowship. So we see his character, but then let's notice quickly here his commission. His commission. In verse number 8, um, not only did Paul mention his character, but he mentioned what he was going to do. His commission. Verse number 8, Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. So very quickly, two uh, tasks that he was given, not only to carry the Scripture to the church, but first, uh, to gather information. To gather information. He said that ye, he might know your estate. Now remember, Paul's writing this church to this church family, and there was some heresy that had crept into the church at Colossae. And he was one of the reasons he wrote this is to warn them and to try to correct some of that heresy. And he was sending Tychicus to find out how they were doing especially to see if those he wrote about in chapter 2 were still there and how all that was going. So he wanted to gather information. This goes to show how much Paul really cared for this church. But he also was going to also give inspiration. Because uh, again, in verse number 8, that he might know your state and then comfort your hearts. To give inspiration with all that this church family was dealing with, with the heresy that crept in and the difficulties that that brought into this church family. Paul knew that it was a wounded church, and he knew that the presence of Tychicus would be of great comfort to them. 
It was like, oh good, a, a friend is coming back. And, and uh, that, that was just an encouragement there. And, and it could be that, that you know, Paul was concerned that there would be division in the church or um, you know, members who had left because of this heresy and all these things. But he knew that as Tychicus delivers this letter and reads it, that it's going to be a source of great comfort to them. So that was his great commission. And uh, I just have enjoyed uh, this week learning about Tychicus and all the things that God used him to do and his faithfulness. And uh, I hope that that's an encouragement to you as well in your Christian life. But then there's one more person that I want to look at here. And uh, again, we'll, I'll make this as brief as I can here. But verse number nine, uh, we learn about this other man. He mentions Onesimus, and he was the fugitive man. Tychicus was the faithful man. Onesimus was the fugitive man. Verse number 9 says, With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Now Onesimus, again, was a slave. For those who, if you kind of in your minds go to the book of, you don't have to go there right now, but the book of Philemon. Philemon was a member of the church at Colossae. And Philemon had a slave named Onesimus. And Onesimus was not a believer. He ran away from Philemon and just escaped his uh, being a slave. Well, runs into the Apostle Paul, ends up coming to Christ. And uh, so that's who this Onesimus is. So Onesimus is connected here to the church at Colossae because his master is a member of the church at Colossae. Okay, Philemon is a member of this church family. Okay, so let's look at a couple aspects here of Onesimus, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. First, let's look at his status. Verse number 9, it says, With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you? He's a beloved brother. Now, Onesimus was a slave, but now he is a part of the family. He is now a brother in Christ. He is now, Paul says, one of you. And that's significant because here Onesimus is being sent back by, with um, Tychicus uh, to the church at Colossae. And he's basically saying, hey, look, I want you to receive Onesimus as a brother, as a part of the church family there. I know he used to just be Philemon's slave, but now he's part of the church family because he's come to Christ. In the sovereignty of God, when Onesimus ran away, somehow he ends up in Rome. He leaves Colossae and ends up in Rome and comes in contact in the sovereignty and providence of God. He comes in contact with the great Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul leads this man to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he thought he was free after running away, but when he got saved, he realized that he really was free and uh, it had nothing to do with the slavery to, that, that he was in. Um, he was free because his sins had been forgiven. Well, in Philemon 1 and verse 10, we, we, we read these words, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to Philemon to try to reconcile Onesimus and Philemon together. 
In Philemon 1.10, he says, I beseech thee for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. So again, Onesimus somehow ends up in the presence of the Apostle Paul, even while he's in bonds. And the Apostle Paul is able to lead this man to Christ. And so this was Paul saying that Onesimus had now become a believer under his ministry. And so his status was that he was a beloved brother. He was a believer in Christ. Now, here's kind of the point that I want to make with all this. Now, while he ran away and committed a sin, the Lord had forgiven him, and now he was part of the family of God. It just goes to show us tonight that the ground is level at the cross, that those who are rich and poor can be one in Christ. Master and slave can be brothers in the Lord. Paul said in the book of Galatians chapter 3, he said, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's what he's saying here. Look, I know Onesimus may not have the best reputation because he ran away, because he's a slave and he defected. Um, but I want you to receive him as a brother. He's one of you now. And I want you to uh, understand that the ground is level at the cross. And that was his status. Onesimus had the same status that all of us do as believers. He was part of the family of God. He was forgiven of all of his sin. And so tonight, as we our church is growing, um, there's going to be people who, you know, are, are come from different backgrounds, different sides of the tracks, and uh, really that does matter here and more. Because uh, <laughs> that dumb train kind of caused us to have to go around uh, to get here today. And uh, you want to be on the right side of the tracks when the train comes along. But uh, look, we, we, we come from different backgrounds and different, we have different financial statuses and we have different, uh, come from different family situations and, and all the rest. We have different likes and dislikes and weaknesses and strengths. But look, in Christ, we can be one. We can be one of us. I can be one of you and you can be one of us in Christ. And I'm thankful for that. So we see his status, but then notice here his service. Onesimus, along with Tychicus, was to carry this letter to the church at Colossae. But Onesimus also carried one more letter, and that was to Philemon, one of the members of that church, whom he ran away from. If you, you don't, well, let's do this. Let's turn to Philemon here. It's right after Titus, before Hebrews. It's a little one-chapter book. And this is a personal letter from Paul to Philemon saying, Hey, brother, you're one of your slaves, ran away. I got to lead him to Christ. And I'm sending him back to you, and I want you to receive him, and I want you to forgive him. And I want you to forgive him for, for God's sake, for your sake, for his sake, and for my sake. But at the end of that, if you see the little inscription there, written from Rome to Philemon by Onesimus, a servant. So Onesimus, he helped carry the, uh, the letter of Colossians to Colossae, but he also had one more in his bag. He had this one, this book of Philemon, this letter, that hopefully Philemon would receive well and allow him to be reconciled to his master. So Onesimus carried one more letter, and that was to Philemon. He was also supposed to give a report of all that was happening in the ministry of Paul in prison. And no doubt, one of those things he was going to share 
was how he got saved and then started serving the Lord with the Apostle Paul. And uh, Philemon, verse number, 11, verse number 10, I already read this, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past, listen to this, was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. And verse 12, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him that is mine own bowels. And verse 13, look at this, whom I would have retained with me that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. So Paul, I, I think he, he kind of didn't really want to get uh, send Onesimus. He didn't really want him to go back to Colossae, and he didn't really want him to go back to Philemon because he enjoyed having his company. He enjoyed the ministry that Onesimus had already started doing. He was a minister to the Apostle Paul in the bonds of the gospel, he says in verse number 13. But he knew, Paul did, that the relationship that Onesimus and Philemon had, they, they needed to be reconciled. Forgiveness needed to be extended. But Onesimus had soon gotten to the point where Paul valued his company and service. And, and so much so that in Colossians 4, verse number 9, again, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. Now, I don't know how long Onesimus had been saved by the time he writes this, but I don't think it was too long. I think he was still, in many ways, a baby Christian. But even as a young believer, Onesimus was all in. He got involved in the work of God right away and had already earned the label of being faithful by the Apostle Paul. And that's quite a compliment. So here's the deal. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved here tonight. You can and should be faithful in your service. There is an important work for every one of us to do in this local church, and we can and should be faithful no matter how long you've been saved. Okay, well, let me wrap this up with this thought. The church is a body, and every single part is essential. Um, I realize my pinky may not be the most glamorous of the body parts that I have, but I don't really want anybody to take my pinky away. <laughs> I like my pinky. I even like my pinky toe. And talk about a not glamorous part of my body. See, you may think, well, I'm not very glamorous. I'm not, you know, one of the major leaders in this church. It, it does not matter what position you hold here or what role you play. It's all important. And, and, and Paul talks about the church being a body. And, and here there's two individuals that he highlights, Tychicus and Onesimus. Both of them were essential for the ministry in the Apostle Paul's life and for advancing the gospel. I mean, again, we have the beautiful verses that we read in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Most of us know these. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Tychicus was the one who hand-carried that from Rome to Ephesus. He was faithful to do so. Because of his faithfulness, we have that letter. And we, we read in Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number uh, 2, set your affection on things above and, uh, and, and not on things on the earth. And in chapter 1, verse number 18, he is the head of the body, uh, that in all things he might have the preeminence. These, these wonderful verses that we all have and these, these wonderful truths that we see are all because these men carried and were faithful to do their work. Okay, God's given all of us a work to do. Are you going to be faithful to do it? Or you'd be like, eh, it doesn't really matter. 
Oh, it's, it's raining tonight. Can't, can't really do it. It's, it's raining. Um, I can't really do it. Um, I, I'm just not, I'm not feeling good. I'm really tired. I, I get it. Do you really think that Tychicus was, ever said that to the Apostle Paul? Hey, I'd love to, but I'm, I'm really tired. Kind of worn out. Onesimus, do you really think he was making excuses to not serve? No, he was looking for opportunities to serve. I encourage all of us to have that same mentality when it comes to the work of God here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. Little is much when God is in it. You may not have the largest or most prominent role here at Cornerstone, but little is much when God is in it. Don't undervalue your role in this church. Everything is important. So let's decide to learn from these obscure partners of Paul. Strive to be faithful in our service for the Lord, whatever He has called us to do. So that one day, right here, the Apostle Paul called these men faithful. One day, I want someone far greater than the Apostle Paul to call me faithful. When he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I hope that that will be said of me, and I hope for your sake that will be said of you. Let's pray together, and uh, we'll wrap this up. Lord, thank you for... Uh, the time together tonight, and Lord, it's been a sweet service, Lord, as we've heard about from couples who attended the couples retreat, and Lord, thank you for the what, the work you did in their lives. Uh, Lord, thank you for um, allowing us to be together as a church family and to discuss things that are going on around us, and uh, Lord, I pray that you just give us wisdom. Help us, Lord, to biblically filter everything that goes on. And then, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to look into your word tonight and look at these two men who were faithful, who were brothers in Christ. And, Lord, thank you for the change that you can make in Onesimus' life and how you can turn a runaway slave into a faithful servant of the Lord. And, God, thank you for the change that you've made in many of our lives. And, God, I pray that you would help us to be faithful in the work you've called us to do. Help us to not quit. Help us to not look for excuses to not be involved, but to look for opportunities to jump in, to help, to be a part of the eternal work of God. What a privilege it is to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Help us, Lord, uh, this week to be faithful. Well, thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.